Jay Pizzy, Mosier on the beat. Look at my team, eh? Look at the ring, whoa. See what I mean, eh? You see what I mean? Look at my team, look at the ring, everything. This is a dream, all but a dream. This ain't a dream, I am a fiend, a fiend for the cream, go. DTC and I beat these teams and it make me feel alright. Alright. DTC and I beat these teams and it make me feel alright. Alright. See, I calculate. Yeah, y'all just palpitate. Whoa, if you don't calculate, get it, get it, calculate. <laughs> Lady Justice is illustrious. I just love this. I can put this in this function and it turns up into something. And that something came from nothing. And I sold it for a button. Now I got this lovely lump sum. Guess I'll burn these bumps like buzzing bro. Welcome to the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast, a show dedicated to Dynasty fantasy football trades and player values, with your hosts, John Paul Hurley and Izzy Elkafas. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DTC Podcast. This is kind of like uh, we're sunsetting the podcast for the season, Izzy. By the way, I, did, I, get, I bet you didn't know something. This is a fun fact. Hmm. It was, I think it was probably like last week or two weeks ago, but I think we just hit year six and we we didn't even say anything about it. Yeah, November. It was November of 2015 is when we first started, right? Yeah. First show? First show, we just hit year six. So you should wow. probably do something to commemorate this uh, momentous occasion. Is it momentous? Yeah, but how do we celebrate that? Celebrate. We should collect a bunch of analysts from the industry and have them record a little blip to put together in, in like a collage for our podcast. Okay. We don't have to worry about it. All we have to worry about is our dynasty teams right now. And uh, by the way, dun, 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 I got a hot topic to cover with you really quick before we get into our regular topics. By the way, our regular topics today are going to be a nugget for playoff teams, some cheap players to target for your playoff run, and then for the non-playoff teams, some deep stashes for next year and beyond. Uh, but my topic for you is this. I'm in a, um, I took over an orphan. It was a really bad team. It was a, a train wreck. Um, so it's going to be super fun to re- rebuild this. It's kind of like a home, it's got home league vibes. There's some people that I think are, I don't know if they're on Twitter or or whatever, but it was a hot mess and it was one of those teams like I've, I've had a couple of these this year where I'm like the lowest scoring team, but I still keep getting head to head matchup wins and against good teams. It's just I'm really unlucky with my tanking it sucks. Got it. So that's the, some of the context. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, the final week of the regular season, I am five and ten. And I am tied for the final playoff spot in this division, top three teams in this division make the playoffs and i'm tied with another team for five and ten to get into the playoffs i'm going against the one of the number one seeds this week for the final week and i'm 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 gonna win Hmm. i was gonna win i i should say past tense now because there's some new context but anyway the score that i'm that the score of my matchup right now is basically tied i think i'm down one and i have I had my tight end left on, on a Monday night game, okay? Mm-hmm. I have zero shot at winning, winning anything in the playoffs. Again, I, I am lowest score by at least 250 points to, to anybody who is even close. It's, it's okay. not even funny. I, I have like one running back. So I am going to either... I was planning on either trading or dropping my tight end to like do a legal tank. My tight end who's playing tonight so I've shopped around. I've actually found a trade, and I, and I traded him to the guy that wants to be in the playoffs that I'd be tied with right now. And I, it was a great trade. So I'll tell you what the trade is in a sec in a second here too. You'd be proud of me, but I pulled this trade off. So as a commissioner, this is kind of a commissioner topic. Would you deem this as kind of shady, like against the rules? Uh, like it was basically a trade of both the players have not played their game yet this week. One was on a buy. And one was has not yet played. So it was, I'll tell you the trade. Higby in a second for Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall, and a third. Yeah, dude. No, no, I know That's it's a good part. trade, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, is this from a from a commissioner standpoint something that you might step in and block? No. You can't. Why why would you? I mean, the only the only problem with this is Terrace Marshall has has his game has already happened. So we have to execute half the trade now and then half tomorrow after the week is done. But the okay. Higby, 
and the Elijah Morris side is taken care of. Does the league allow you to execute half the trade now and half the trade later? Like, is that legal? Yeah, there's nothing in the rules that's against it, you know, like, so the, the, there's two mm. trades. One is Higby for Elijah Moore. And the next one's going to be, you know, like a kicker, had to throw in a kicker to make the rosters work. So it's like Nick Folk in a second for Terrace Marshall in a third. Good kicker. <laughs> but again, forget the trade for a moment. Anything You're against... You're basically selling a playoff spot. I am exactly, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm selling a playoff spot and I'm also improving my, because I've got my own first round draft pick, obviously. So I'm moving you know basically from, do? I'm moving from the 105 to the 102. You know what you should do? What's that? You should pick up a tight end in tonight's game and try to steal the playoff spot back. <laughs> well, the, the, that's the funny thing is because shortly after I executed the trade, Tyler Higby was tagged with the COVID. He's on COVID IR now. Oh, perfect. That's right. So it ended up being moot, which is hilarious, but I, I executed this great trade. I'm, I'm really happy about it from a rebuilder. And it ended up being kind of a moot, moot point anyway. It's so funny. But I, I could pick up Higby's backup and throw him in and, and sneak into the playoffs and keep the trade. But again, I have no business being in the playoffs. You never know, though. No, no. I'm averaging less than 100 points a week with this team. It is abysmal. You never know. I, like, again, I have one running back. It's bad. It's really bad. It's not happening. How did you win that many games if it's that bad? Just lucky, Matt. Like the, it just so happens that, you know, like the, we're in a, a league, DTC league together. Yeah. That team is, I'm, I, I put it in the league chat. I am 650 points behind the guy that has the same record as me and in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm going to go seven and seven and I have by far the worst, the lowest scoring team. So it's just been another league like that. It's the craziest, like, hmm. random acts that are happening with with uh, head-to-head matchups. That's what's happening. Hmm. So anyway, so you, as as a commissioner, you're not opposed to that. That's legal tanking, basically. No, yeah, I'm 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 okay with that. I I don't I don't know if I like the the splitting the trade. Yeah, yeah, we were forced to because the because the ter- you know Terrace Marshall had already played so. Mm, yeah yeah that's fine yeah i i get it i think that would be the only red flag to the whole thing sure yeah but it would be great if you it'd be great if you picked up um you snuck in (laughs) just steal the spot back it would be a funny story but yeah i I, uh we didn't agree to that yeah so that was my my commissioner topic of the week and we can probably get into the topics here the regular topics because um so there, there's a lot of COVID stuff that we could probably cover off on, but I feel like it's just like the only benefit we could give anybody is say, hey, it sucks. Pick up all the backups and, you know, cross your fingers, close your eyes, squeeze both cheeks and say a prayer, right? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I feel like there's nothing else that we can really do to help. It's going to be such a fluid topic that, you know, we could identify players to pick up, but then like those guys could go down because they're in the same rooms as these players. So like, I, I have no idea what to do. Like you're just... Depth, depth is going to win. Yeah, you need cheap, you need cheap depth pieces. Yep, cheap depth pieces, which is actually kind of like what our first topic is, right? Yeah. So for playoff teams, if you've made the playoffs, we want to give you some recommendations of players to go after. And the theme here is cheap or cheapish. So there's a couple guys that we want to recommend to go after. So we'll just get into it. Here we go. Meat and potatoes. I'll, I'll let you start because I'm assuming you probably got a couple more than I've got. And maybe we'll, we'll have some crossover too. I've got three guys. Yeah. Let's try. So we both do three. How about that? Do your best three. Okay. So um, player number one. Player one. Player one. And so I'm looking at this from players that you can acquire for a third or less. Okay, so I didn't have that. I could probably still, yeah, I could probably still sneak some of these in, but we'll see. Okay, I think if you have to pay a second, the rule for this, if you have to pay a second or more, they're also going to be players for next year. And I yeah. can come up with one player off the top of my head that I would absolutely do that for. Okay. So I'm going to write that in. Um, first guy is Devonta Freeman. Uh, okay, so we already have a crossover. Okay, I think this is the easiest just depth piece that you could acquire right now. So, he's gotten double-digit carries 
in each game since week nine, or since the bye. So coming out of the bye, he's had double-digit carries in each game, even with the return of Latavius. He's had six targets, eight targets, and five targets in three out of the last four games. He's had double-digit fantasy points. He's had over 12 in four out of six games. And he doesn't have the easiest of matchups coming up, but potentially without Lamar Jackson, they're going to lean, I think, heavier on the running backs and especially out of the backfield and screens and dump offs and such. Mm-hmm. So I think Freeman's a um, a screaming buy for a fourth. The only issue is, is Freeman might already be on a playoff team. Yeah, I, I've been starting him week in, week out on my SFB team and uh, team's doing pretty well. So I would agree with you on that because chances are somebody would have got him off the waiver waiver wire. Yep. And they've just added him to their their lineup. I agree with you. That was actually the first player that I listed on my my list. Okay, I'll give you another running back that I would target. Wait, wait. I'm going to I'm going to do one now. We'll alternate. And I got to feel like I got a feeling this is going to be crossover too. This is the second player on my list. Okay. I don't know that it's guaranteed you could get him for a third, but I think that you should be able to. And I think this is probably what you were going to say, running back. Mm. Deonta Foreman. You no, you don't even need to give up that a third. Good. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I wanted. No, to make I sure gave him. I gave him up for a fifth in the league where I wasn't content. I just gave yeah, him that's up for true. a fifth. But I mean, there's new context though because now he's he's coming off look, literally his best game of the season, right? He had well, it'd be arguably because I think he had a hundred yard game before, but he had a hundred yard game and now he's coming off of a touchdown. He's got a couple of receptions in the same game, so it was a ten point two point game before his bye. And then 14-point game against the Jags. And now he's going up against the Steelers this coming week. 29th-ranked run defense. Mm-hmm. And the Titans are just going to jam the ball down their throats. So I, I feel like I don't think anybody's going to hold you to the fire and ask for more than the third, but I just wanted to make sure that I, I came in under the under the needle. Yeah, yeah, I think I still think a, a fourth would get it done. Yeah, lo- love him as a play. Plays against the 49ers in week 16, 16th rank run defense. A little bit tougher of a matchup uh, against the Dolphins for the Super Bowl. But again, a really, really cheap guy. You don't have to give up a lot for to acquire to help bolster your playoff run. And you like Deonta Foreman, like just as a. He's a perfect guy to sell on a rebuilder and a perfect guy to acquire on a, a contending team. Perfect. Yeah, it's an easy trade. All, all these guys are. So this entire list will probably be guys like that. But here's the thing, with this whole COVID deal going on, um, I wouldn't even be against going after a Foreman, a Hilliard, and a McNichols for next to nothing for each of them. And then if COVID were to hit that team and take out one of these players, then you have a guaranteed startable player. You want to know what's funny? For the playoffs. Yeah. I do not like that strategy. I do. And it's just because all of those running backs are probably going to be in the same rooms for like film and for like, you know, walkthroughs and stuff like that and film like all that stuff. And they're going to be exposed and even contact like if Deonta Foreman comes down with COVID, all of those others probably will have close contact with them and will go into league protocols. Yeah, but all they have to do is test negative. That's true. I'm just saying like the chances of them contracting it would be higher and I, and I would be more comfortable spreading like hedging my bets and spreading out the love. Yeah, but we haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen an entire like wide receiver Yeah, we did. Room. We just did with with the Chargers receivers like Keenan Allen came down and then Mike Williams was on the COVID list for a while and he almost missed the game. But he tested negative so he played. But we haven't seen it where the entire room of players is out, right? I thought we have with, I mean, we did last year with the Denver Broncos quarterbacks. Last year. Yep. All I'm saying is McNichols is probably on in, uh, in free agency. You can pick him up. If you have Foreman, just pick him up. It doesn't hurt you anything. These guys don't cost anything. Hilliard's probably getting dropped because he yeah, didn't really perform, even though he did have, like they're splitting care. The, the They're splitting snaps. The thing was Foreman different than Freeman. Freeman's actually playing a significant amount of snaps. We're talking like 70% of the snaps. With Foreman, he only played 32% of the snaps last week. So when he's in, he's carrying the ball at least. Yeah, he had 15 touches. I mean, I, yeah. I, I like yeah. Foreman for 15 touches, though, and I think they, they could increase that. Absolutely. But I'm all I'm saying is that 
if something were to happen to Foreman, Hilliard and McNichols cost you nothing. You might even be able to pick them up. So for the for the cost, I can agree with that. I would just be aware that you could be setting yourself up for some disaster because like there's I'm assuming a lot of teams have limited roster space and you'd have to have the whole stable then for for each case that you wanted, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I agree. I can agree with that with the for the cost for sure. Who's your next guy? So that's uh one one to one. One to one. Um, a guy that you could probably give up a fourth for is Marvin Jones. And I know he's not, here's the thing. He's not playing all that well, but he's playing just about every down. Mm -hmm. So for a guy that's getting you seven targets per game and he goes up against Houston and the Jets week 15, week 16. There is a possibility there. I mean, he put up six for 70 this last week, so he got you double-digit points against Tennessee. Houston isn't great against the pass. So I could see him having a good week 15, potentially a good week 16, depending on the Jets. And once again, next to nothing for Marvin Jones. Um, Marvin Gardens. It it, it sucks because he's hard to trust with Trevor Lawrence there. Yeah, he's he's like a Chipotle fart. I don't know what that's like, but I'll take your word for it. Um, the good thing is, is that he's going to get you likely, you know, at worst, you're looking at six, five to six points. Like that's your floor. And you can do a lot worse than that on a week to week basis. I think he's, he's had two games all season where he's been less than five points. So you're getting five points and it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you're really down to the, down to the bolts or um what do you call it when you're down to the studs when you're down to the studs thank you thank you we need our producer to come in when you're down with the down to the studs i think marvin jones being injected in your lineup is okay especially if your floor is five and marvin like nobody and here's the thing with marvin jones is he's 31 you still might be able to use him again next year for whatever i mean the jags get better um he signed a two-year deal, so he's got one more year. I doubt he'll stay with Urban there if if Urban's sticking around. Well, it's not his choice. It could be. Like, you know, would you would you stay? Well, what's his? He's he's there next year. I don't think it's his choice. He's under contract. Yeah, but you can that can be. He can demand a trade. He can hold out. There's, I mean, there's lots of options. Yeah, yeah, he could get like. I mean, he's got a potential out. Um, five and a quarter dead cap, but. Regardless, I think you could use him next year as well. So it's not the end of the world if you end up not using him this year and you gave up a fourth or whatever the case may be for him. Yeah. A third, I'd probably probably just gamble on a on a player in the draft, but a fourth yep. I would definitely do. There you go. Okay, it's my turn. It is your turn. Another running back, and it feels like running backs are probably the most volatile position, which is why Izzy and I are keying off on them. Um, it just feels like you need to have that depth in order to try to make it through the murky waters of the playoffs this season. Mm-hmm. Mine is kind of the hot hand right now. He could become a hot waiver wire ad in some shallower leagues, but I would assume he's probably sitting on a roster somewhere in more deeper leagues. And that is Rashad Penny. Oh, he's for sure on rosters. Yeah. Uh, he was, he's, he's not rostered in two of my leagues, but again, they're very, very shallow leagues. Um, so it's a, you know, speaking to a very small clientele here, but coming off a really big game, 16 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns, had a reception, 26.8 points in PPR. The best thing about him is he faces the bears and the lions to close out his season week 16 and 17 for the semifinal in the super bowl, 23rd ranked run defense, 27th ranked run defense. And I can't, it's possible that people could see more of a mixed uh, mixed backfield as far as carries are concerned, but I, I don't feel like the, the Seahawks are going to go away from him very quickly. He would have to screw up pretty big, maybe against the Rams. Uh, but or super cheap, once again, another thir- third-round draft pick, especially from a team who's willing to unload him because they're not in the playoffs now that their, state is, their fate is sealed after this week. Um, I love Rashad Penny as a buy, a cheap buy. Cheap buy? Cheap like buy. The last running back that I would acquire is Dearness Johnson. He might have actually gotten dropped in a bunch of leagues 
after Kareem Hunt had returned. But Kareem Hunt went down with another injury. He's not going to play this week, most likely. So he may not even play week 16. So if, if you need a running back in a pinch, he actually could be startable as early as this week. And not just like startable as in, oh, you, you kind of forced to put him in your lineup. You may actually want to get him in your lineup. Yeah. So we do know that um, Chubb is not an elite passing back, right? Passing down back. But Kareem Hunt, the way that they're utilized together is Chubb gets a lot of the groundwork. But when it comes to two-minute drill and third downs, it's Kareem Hunt. And I think Dearness will I don't think Dearness will take those those reps with Kareem Hunt out. So yeah. you're looking at likely, you know, three to five targets in the pass game and five to seven ish carries in the run game. And I think you can do a lot worse than that. Yeah. So if you can get you ten touches against the Raiders this week, I think you take it, you get your, you know, eight to twelve points and you call it a day. There you go. I got one last one and it's a quarterback. I don't think you'll be able to guess this. Probably not a third in Superflex leagues, but maybe. I would say maybe. You think he's less? I think he could be slightly. I mean, super any starting quarterback in a Superflex league could fetch up to a second, like at the very least. So it's hard. It's hard to say that he's guaranteed to get a third. Like, not so much automatic as the running backs we just listed off. So but this guy is starting right now. He's starting quarterback. Okay, go ahead. Over the past, like if you look at the last five weeks for average, he's the QB7. I'm going to see if you can guess who this is. He faces the 22nd ranked pass defense in the Titans in week 15. He faces the 26th ranked pass defense in the Chiefs in week 16. He's got a little bit tougher of a matchup in in the Browns for week 17 for the Super Bowl. But he's a guy that you could pretty easily stream and probably get top 10 numbers out of for those two weeks for the the wild card round and the semifinal round and he's going to be very cheap and here's why and you'll be able to get it from this tip if you haven't got it already did you got do you know what it is yet I mean, Taysom? i don't know not Taysom. Taysom Taysom was one that i, I contemplated adding adding to my list jimmy garoppolo i don't think he's that not cheap jimmy though. garoppolo it is big ben roethlisberger oh got you yeah some great matchups. He's turning up the dial a little bit. Like he's coming off of a 300 yard and three touchdown game last week against the Vikings. Again, the Vikings are ranked for their pass defense right in the same pocket as the Titans and the Chiefs. So I could see a similar performance. The best the thing Chiefs have been playing well, though. I mean, the Chief, if he when he goes up against the Chiefs, he's going to die. But the They've good been... thing about that game, though, is it's gonna, he's going to have to. So it's going to be similar to the Vikings game, like. Not that the Vikings are similar to the Chiefs, but he's going to be passing a lot in that game because they're going to be down. So there's going to be a lot of volume there. He had 40 passes, pass attempts last week. He'll put up another 40 against the Chiefs. And the best thing about the Titans is that's that's a home game. Everybody knows the home road splits for Big Ben. I think that's kind of becoming more of a myth than it has been reality lately, but I just love Big Ben down the stretch. And I think you probably could, a team that's out of the playoffs, offer up a third and probably get him for that. I think I probably I sold him for around that in a super flex league. Personally, it was a ten team league though. Might be but, yeah, might be able to do a fourth. Third or a fourth, love him cheap, cheap guy. Like the best part about him is that uh, people are baking into his value that he's le- he's done, like he's hanging him up. He's retiring. The thing I like most about what he said is that he's probably leaving Pittsburgh. So people are baking in that he's retiring, but he might actually just sign for another team and, you know, ride off into the sunset. So you could still have a, a chance to flip him next year, possibly. And, and who cares? It's a third or a fourth. So Big Ben's my last one. Okay. Um, Russell Gage. Always a good choice. Probably a third. third I mean, you'd, I think at most you have to give up a third round pick for Russell Gage. Um, but. Since his bye week six, the issue is against Carolina and against Dallas. He had nothing. nothing yeah, donuts. Burner. He was every other. But other than that game, he's had double-digit points in every one of those games, except he had a 9.9 against New England week 11. Did something happen to him in week eight when he faced the Panthers for that zero? Because he wasn't even targeted. Some... I, don't, I don't believe so. I, I just think he wasn't targeted. That's wild. I mean, the Panthers play really good defense, too. He, 
They played 65 or 70% of the snaps in that game. That's crazy. Hmm. Um, so we're looking at, since his bye, he had a 16.7, a 13.4, a 9.9, an 18.2, a 23, and a 10.4, along with those two goose eggs. But Impressive. Yeah. But he's playing 75% of the snaps. He's getting targets. It's not just he's playing and getting those snaps. He's getting the targets. Um, in the since week or since that Carolina game, he's at eight, three, eight, seven, twelve, and six targets. So outside of that Dallas game where he had three targets and nothing, he's getting, you know, he's averaging nine targets a game or eight and a half targets a game. Yeah. So you could do a lot worse than Russell Gage, especially as a flex play here down the stretch. You get San Francisco, Detroit, and Buffalo's secondary has been dismantled. So you might be able to use him in week seventeen with Atlanta in a shootout because Buffalo doesn't like to run the ball. So week 17 with be, Buffalo in a shootout. I got you. Yep. Yeah. So I like Russell Gage as a, as a buy. Uh, and what's nice about Russell Gage is he could be a player that you use next year because he's only 25. So whether he stays in Atlanta or he goes elsewhere, he may have some standalone value. I agree. I, I actually think he's underrated. So um, solid player there. And the one guy that I would pay for right now, and I think, looking at him and, and using him for next year. And I think we talked about him a little bit before the show is Van Jefferson. What do you think of Van Jefferson? He's very good. He's playing most of the snaps. I mean, he's had a couple games where he hasn't had you know, 90 plus percentage of the snaps, but he is the wide receiver too there. We don't know with Robert Woods, how soon he's going to be back next year. With the ACL, he's going to be 30. Um, and they don't have the draft picks or the financial resources to bring in another receiver in the offseason. Do you think Odell's gone then? I don't think it, it matters. I don't think it matters. Like we've seen now that even with Odell there, that Van is scoring double digit points and he's playing, he's playing 90% of the snaps. So, um, He's had 95, 98, and 78 the last three weeks. Um, I think think OBJ joined week 10, right? Or was it week 9? Well, either way, he had 96% in week 9, so even it was week 9 against Tennessee. Um, he's had six or more targets in every game starting week 7. Then, Like I said, next year, I think you could use, use him as a flex play next year, even with Robert Woods returning. And Cooper Cup is one of those. I don't know if they retain all of those players, but the only one on a rookie contract is Van Jefferson. That's too bad. I, I always wanted to see him go to uh, Las Vegas so that he could play with Carr, Van and Carr together. So it could be Caravan? Caravan, yeah. Car- Caravan. Periwinkle. <laughs> Car and Van. Car to Van. I like that. Um, definitely could be something. You know, it's funny. Speaking of, uh, this will be kind of our rebuilding. I have a player for the rebuilding, which is going to fall in line with that. But um, that's a perfect segue, by the way. Well, let's transition over. Yeah. So OBJ, we talked about him next year. I just realized he got waived. So he's only on that one-year deal. So he'll be a free agent next year in the offseason. Okay. So not a guy to worry about. I don't think they retain him. That's a good point. I like that. So changing gears, that's for the playoff teams. Some uh, cheap assets hopefully you can acquire for bolstering your playoff run. For the teams that have just found out this week, this I mean, a lot of the games are probably being decided by tonight's game. In full disclosure, Van, I don't know if we mentioned this, but you're not going to get him for a third. You have to pay a second to acquire Van. There you go. So, so the ticket to get Van is more expensive than a third. Correct. Ticket to get in the Van. Mm-hmm. So these are players that we would recommend going out and buy heading into the offseason as a like a, a team that's been eliminated from playoff contention. And especially like these are the perfect matches. Like if you can give a contending team like one of the players that we listed before to acquire one of these players, it would be like the best case scenario. Kind of like putting it all together. Uh, and I'll start. I've only got four. These are not, I didn't have the context of having them be third round value or less for these ones. So I'm not sure if you followed that rule. Yeah, I went cheaper. 
but go ahead. I mean, the I, I went cheap-ish, but they're definitely definitely not. Most of these are not third round guys. All of all of mine are, but go ahead. It's okay. It's good to break it up because I'll have. We'll cover really both sides guys. of it. Then, yeah. Yeah. My number one, and this is this is well advertised. My number one buy going to the off season for teams that are rebuilding or out of the playoffs. Juju Smith Schuster, really easy for me. I anticipate he'll be on a different team. People hate him. He's dirt cheap. He flashed as a rookie, obviously, and I think that getting a fresh opportunity to record new TikTok videos in a different city will <laughs> rejuvenate him. Is that nice? Is that good? Yep. Uh, and I, I love him as a buy. And, and like in the third, <laughs> I'm getting a thumbs up from the producer. Yes. I don't know that a third would do it, but there might be a person who's disgruntled enough to have them clogging up their roster that they might be they might consider that. But I think it's probably going to take a, some sort of second round pick to acquire Juju. So that's my that's my buy. Okay. My buy is I'm going to start with tight end here because like my one tight end that I I'm trying to acquire because he's you can get him for next to nothing is Kylan Granson. He's actually for. For being a rookie and kind of being under the radar, he's playing some snaps. He had a, a, a season-high 42% of the snaps last week against Houston. Um, in week 11, he had 35% against Buffalo. He's been targeted in every game since week six. He's been targeted in every game but one game since week three. And honestly, he's not in the game for blocking purposes. Kylan Granson's a receiving tight end. He's a matchup tight end. So, and we, Carson will be there next year. And we know historically, you know, Carson can fall in love with tight ends in the right place. I mean, it might be a Philly thing. It might be a, a Carson thing. But next year, as, as Kylan continues to develop, I think we see an ascension from him with Mo Alley and Doyle potentially being gone. He could be thrust into the number one spot next year. Wow. And he's very cheap. Dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. He could be so, in the wire. He, yeah, you know, he's probably in the wire in a lot of teams. Yep. There's a lot of like young tight ends that I like the Harrison Bryant's, the Kylan Granson's, the Tommy Trembles. Like these guys, the big thing is that they're playing legitimate snaps early on in their career. What about like uh does does Jordan Brevin, is it Brevin or Bevin? Brevin, Brevin. Jordan. Yeah, Brevin Jordan. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the thing is, Brevin's going to be a little bit more expensive than those guys because oh, okay. he has a little bit more rec- you know, um, name recognition. Because going into the draft, he was like tight end three, and he scored in two out of the last three games. So he's been relevant. Okay. Um, but yeah, the thing that sucks is you could have acquired him before week eight. He hadn't played a single snap. Yeah, and then since the then, his then. lowest snap share has been 25%. He's had double-digit points in three out of the last six games. Um, so he's definitely on the map. I think you could – I'm okay paying up for for Brevin, um, but I don't know. I would try to give up a third in every single league to acquire Brevin. He's still 21 years old. Um, but I wouldn't get too crazy with it because, as we know, tight ends are even if they have the makings of breaking out they still may never yeah so we just fall in love with trying to find the next one but when you're giving <clears> up <throat> nothing <throat> yeah right well, you can we can go on for days but when you find the ability to get a tight end with some sort of potential and you can give up nothing for him or next to nothing for him i think it's worth it once you're starting to give up second round picks for guys then you're taking a little bit too much chance and yep, you're giving up too much equity. That's good. Well-rounded take. Next one, a little bit more on the pricey end of the spectrum. Um, probably talking an early to mid-second would be like their their even money value. So I'd say probably an early second to acquire them. Somebody who's been absolutely on fire these last couple of weeks. 24 total targets in the last two games. 18 receptions in the last two games combined. 150 mm. yards, a touchdown in the last two games combined. Just mm. on fire. Mm. It's Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm. And a lot of it's because like he's just got the opportunity. There's just nothing else there. But he's showing out well enough to maybe carve out something significant. 
in future years. And like, I'm kind of hoping that the Lions move away from Jared Goff in the offseason. But like even Jared Goff is uh, looking a little bit better in pre- in the, these last couple weeks. But love Amon Ross St. Brown is a buy, especially for an early second. He's one of those ones as, as kind of a rule of thumb. If I'm rebuilding or out of the playoffs, I always like to try to buy rookie receivers or even rookie running backs in some cases that haven't really broken out into the scene because it just might be taking a little bit time, more time for them to d- develop as others. Um, and Amon Roth St. Brown fits that paradigm perfectly. I like it. Um, my, my next one is Nico Collins. He's another, he, he fits that, that mold too. Yeah. And he, you can get him for less. He's playing two thirds of the snaps since week five. Um, hasn't really had a breakout game, but he did have 10, tu- 10 targets this last, this last week. He had five for 69 as his best performance of the season. He gets Jacksonville, the Chargers, San Francisco, and Tennessee to end the season. Houston plays from behind. He could see significantly more targets here the last few weeks of the season as they try to develop these younger guys, potentially. Um, And he's still under the radar in terms of nobody's really going out to acquire Nico Collins. But Houston did spend a third-round pick on him, so they do value him. He's a big body receiver. He's 6'4". Um, he'll play in the perimeter. So he's got the makings of being kind of like, um, you know, what what Kenny Galladay ended up being in Detroit. So I like the potential for him to kind of be that day day three or day two, um, late day two receiver that ends up being um, a household name in a couple of years. Yeah. So I like Nico. You could probably still get him for a third. Uh, you don't have to acquire him for a second. Uh, you could. He's definitely a player that if you have a win now piece, I would try to flip that win now piece for Nico Collins. There you go. Um, honorable mention, I think D. Wayne Eskridge kind of fits that mold a little bit. He hasn't had as much production, but he's yeah, uh he's he's old he's older. Yeah. What is he? Twenty four. Twenty yeah, so he's going to age twenty five. He turns twenty five in March. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean Tell that to Cooper Cup, but still, I mean, I'm not saying he's in the next Cooper Cup, but I do like, I like that concept of, but he'd be dirt cheap, you know, like he's probably a free agent in some cases now. People are giving up. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, so I just, I, just, I like these rookies that are, that's, that's part of the pair. And he's just an honorable mention. He's not somebody that I'm actively seeking, but, um, my next one, and this kind of goes into the juju mold. So, like, those are the two different strategies that I always execute when I'm, not in the playoffs as I, I go for those underperforming rookies after their first year. Um, like we mentioned, and then I always like to go, like I, I scour the contracts. I'm, I'm always on spotrack.com looking at people's contracts. If they have a 2022 out, if this is the last year of their contract, which is why I like Juju. And the other one is somebody you like too, but I think he's probably people's Jones. What's that? People's Jones. I like Donovan Peoples-Jones, oh, too. I don't have guy? him on my, on my list. but Okay, um, I tried to, tried to guess. Go ahead. Um, this is somebody that I know that you would endorse as a buy also, but he's definitely like in that no man's land between a, a, first, a late first-round value and early second-round value, and it's uh, Michael Gallup. Yeah. So I, th- I think Michael Gallup was on a, a perfect team for him to get some volume, but he just was buried behind receivers, and I think that teams are probably going to view him as a a one or a two on their team. So he finally will get a chance, uh, much like what Corey Davis has done coming from the Titans onto the Jets, even though his season was cut short from injury. So I think that he could find himself in a situation where he could become a, a focal point in somebody's passing offense. So I like Michael Gallup as a buy, and hopefully he could return. And the funny thing is he's about the same age as Dwayne Eskridge. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And he's finishing his rookie contract, so... That was my uh, my last buy. I like I like that. Um, since I already mentioned him, because I thought we were going to have the crossover, uh, I mentioned this before the season. But Peoples Jones is still one of my buys. He's he's still third round value or lower. You don't have to give up that much to acquire him. He was dropped in one of our leagues mid season. I didn't catch it um, in a fourteen team league. He was dropped, just outright dropped in the middle of the season. Uh, which is kind of a bummer. But um, the last three weeks that he's played, he's had 85, 75, and 92% snap share 
Obviously, OBJ is gone, so that's since the departure. Uh, they have Jarvis Landry under contract. They can get out of that contract um, next year. Uh, so before June 1, you get a $1.5 million cap hit, uh, and he's got a $14 million contract, or sorry, $16 million cap hit next year if they retain him. So I don't think they do get rid of him. No, but, he's got, did you see the dead, dead cap? Yeah, it's one and a half before. Oh, one and a half. Okay. The, so the 15 and a half was this year. The one and a half is next year. I got it. No, the, yeah. So if they cut him, if they cut him after June 1st. They'd save a ton of money. Before, yeah. So they need to cut him before June 1st. Yeah. Um, so Ooh, yeah, yeah, they'd save a ton of money. So it's potential there. Now, they're still going to be contending. So is it somebody they want to get rid of? Regardless, Peoples Jones has proven that even if Landry is there, he's startable. Um, and he'll be going into year three, which we see a lot of receivers start to blossom. He's still 22 years old. So he came to the league young. Um, and he's complements Jarvis Landry really well. And the off chance that Jarvis Landry is not retained, they're going to be on the market for brand new receivers in that offense. And people's jones has a leg up there so yeah i think at worst for next year you're looking at people's jones being the wide receiver two maybe three if they find a receiver and free agents that they really like to bring in or if they overpay for like a godwin or something even though it wouldn't really make sense with jarvis there because Godwin really eats in the slot but nonetheless i think for the price there is some upside with people's jones I agree, and he's got a sweet name. I I love the name. It is a great name. It is a great name. And Nico, both my last two, my last two uh, buy recommendations, both Michigan Wolverines. Um, wow. I'm gonna stay in the big, the Big Ten for this one, and I'm gonna. Do you have another one, by the way? Are you? Out? Nope, I'm out. Okay, Tyler Johnson. I just mentioned Chris Godwin. So with Antonio Brown out. Godwin's playing, or uh, Tyler Johnson's playing over 60% of the snaps per week. So he's playing, let's say, call it two-thirds of the snaps. Even with Gronk back, he's playing 59% of the snaps. Um, he played that last week. If Godwin leaves, I think Tyler Johnson could have a good 2022, assuming Brady's still around, which I do You like um, Tyler Johnson better than Jalen Darden? Yes, yes, significantly, significantly. Um, so he'd be a great substitute in that offense for Chris Godwin if they do, because Chris Godwin's going to require a big contract. We're talking about top five money. Are they going to pay it? They ha- they depending on what they who they retain next year. They do have some cap space to acquire Chris Godwin or retain Chris Godwin, but do they want to put all that money into a receiver? I agree. So I like that one because of how because of his price. He's going to be dirt cheap. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. So definitely worth worth a risk. The only thing I don't like is that the I mean we're assuming that Brady's coming back, right? Because he's announced he's playing until he's seventy. Yeah, but he's the, he's Tyler Johnson's a guy that you trade like a Marvin Jones for a Cole Beasley for, okay, yeah. um, you know, one of these older players that, um, yeah, that you just trade the win now piece to try to get a Tyler Johnson. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. And my last one, there's well, can I, I just wanted to, I wanted to finish my thought. Like I, I was saying that Brady's Brady's coming back. The Buccaneers organization surrounds Brady with talent to win championships. So I, I can't imagine that they would let Godwin slide away and then just not, you know, find something significant out there to backfill him with. So I, I could see that that being a hot spot for like an OBJ or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. So OBJ is, I was going to say an OBJ, I could see going there, but at the same yeah. time, I feel like that's more name than substance at this point. Potentially. You I know? mean, I mean, we thought that was the same case for like uh, Leonard Fournette, right? Leonard Fournette was, kind of becoming washed at early in his career coming out of Jacksonville and like he's you know he's rejuvenated. Yep. Tyler Johnson again. also going into year 3 which once again blossom. The fact that he's playing so many snaps in that offense it gives me 
So you think they're prepping him for a bigger role potentially in future years? Look at it this way. They're a contending team. He's a late round draft pick last year. He's got Godwin Evans um, as receivers. They have Braith. They have Gronk. So they could do two. They do two tight end sets. The whole shebang. Um, and he's still finding the way on the field. I mean, sixty-seven percent, sixty-four, sixty-nine, seventy-three, seventy-two, thirteen, and then fifty-nine percent. Yeah. So since week six, he's had sixty percent or more snap share. I'm going to count fifty-nine percent as sixty in every game besides the one against Atlanta. Yeah. And I don't know if he left the game early for injury or what ended up happening, but and he's had a reception in every single game since week six. So I feel like if if they didn't trust him, he wouldn't be on the field. Yeah, I agree. It, for as many snaps as he is. And we know so, the talent's there, right? Because he, he yeah. basically pushed Rashad Bateman for targets when they were in Minnesota together. So Yeah, and he, was, and he played in the – he was part of the Super Bowl um, performance last year too. Yes, that's right. So he's got so some – So he played well in the playoffs. Yeah. He's so, got some sneaky stripes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the last guy – um, and this is kind of going into the year three wide receiver thing and more faith in that than anything, uh, is Brian Edwards. He's completely fallen off the dynasty map. Nobody is out to, you know, go after Brian Edwards. His snap shares has come, has come down quite a bit. He's lost snaps to Zay Jones. Um, he struggles to create separation, but. They really don't have anything outside of Hunter Renfro there for next year. And who knows what they do. Um, he may be a player that I would wait on and acquire later on in the offseason as people get hungrier for rookies um, or if they bring somebody else in. Because we'll, I'm assuming he doesn't do anything in the next couple of weeks and people have completely lost faith in him. But he's a guy that I wouldn't mind taking a chance on. Because all he would need to do is have a good start to next year, and that name recognition would resurface. There's a lot of people that really, really like the thought of Brian Edwards being good. There you go. Then you can flip him for a nice profit. Yeah. So I'm kind of on board with that, um, but I don't know if that's something that you need to get done sooner than later. You got some time. I think you got some time with him. Yeah. So Brian Edwards, are we wrapping it up with Brian Edwards? Yeah, do you have any anything else that comes to mind? I mean, outside of the, the the problem is the buying injured players, the window for that has closed. Yeah. Unless it's like, you know, it's it's probably pretty rare that a contender is going to still have one of those, you know, like a J.K. Dobbins on their team. So I like the idea of like searching around for those rare gems, but it's just like the the window has shut because there's so so little of the season left. So I, I would have thrown a couple of a couple of those in there, but it just doesn't doesn't match anymore. So yeah, let's talk about quick. We have a few minutes. Let's talk about DK and Javante. Oh yeah. Okay. So I am. The, so the same exact league that I was telling you that I wanted to try to like legally tank to get out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. My only running back in that league is Javante Williams. Yep. And he's probably you know one of the reasons why I've been getting you know kind of hot hot and cold here and there, like getting some wins and stuff. But suddenly the trade market for Javante Williams has grown exponentially. And I've got a lot of people knocking on my door. They're looking to make a playoff run. People that are in the playoffs are looking to not only make a run with a a player, but also get a youthful one that they don't have to worry about next year with too. And Javante is kind of like, he's ascending. And this is what I put in the league chat just to like drum up the value a little bit. His ascension looks similar to what Jonathan Taylor has done and he could have that same type of hit next year you know um, we're, we're assuming that Melvin should leave but there's always the chance that he won't but he's got that same ascension so anyway I drummed up the value I'm kind of trying to be a little bit of a salesman like putting out you know dangling a worm in front of a fish and I've got some of these trade offers one of them was DK Metcalf this guy tried to like you know add items on each side to make it even or whatever I'm like, I'll be honest, I think it might take DK plus to acquire Javante from my team. I don't have any reason to trade him. And his value, is, it's, it's like that rule that we always talk about on the podcast. 
Javante Williams' value is ascending. So if somebody wants to acquire him, they would have to pay for his current value and then add some in order to, to make it work because we're building in his ascension. And conversely, DK is de- declining. DK's value has come down throughout the course of the season. So like he can be acquired for less than what he's worth. In the calculator, I think DK is currently worth more technically, but again, not building in those two different factors. So I decided to poll it on Twitter, Javante versus DK straight up, just to see, just to kind of get a gauge for what the general population thinks, right? Mm-hmm. And after, let me take a look to see how many votes it's up to. After 400 votes, Javante Williams is crushing DK Metcalf 75 to 25%. Yep. So they're, uh, in the calculator, they're neck and neck. So they're Javante close. is is 8th overall and DK is 10th overall as of this moment. Um, 37.7 to 36.4. Javante Williams is now a top 8 dynasty asset. Wow. Which is is why I'm I'm a big fan of drafting running backs in the first round over receivers. Um, Jamar Chase, obviously he was an early... Look at look at Jalen Waddle. He's been playing excellent, excellent football. I love him as a buy too, just not a cheap one. And and he's half of he's almost half of the like you would need to add you'd need Waddle and a first to get Javante Williams. Yeah, that's wild. And Javante Williams is being outproduced from a fantasy perspective by Jalen Waddle by a lot. Yeah, by a lot. But when it comes to running backs with receivers, you can find them anywhere, right? There's just so many high-level receivers than there are running, especially young running backs. When you look at the running back landscape, it's Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, and then nobody else that's really young and exciting. Everybody else is turning 26 this offseason or older. You can say Saquon Barkley, but I don't know if people are, I think they've kind of given up on him. You have Antonio Gibson in the next tier. You have J.K. Dobbins, and then you have to go down to like the Clyde Edwards and Elijah Mitchell, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs tiers. Yeah. So there's a, there's a clear appetite for young high-producing running backs more than these high-producing receivers that are young as well. So I always say in rookie drafts, you tier out your rookie running backs and your rookie receivers. And if you have a tier one running back, excuse me, if you have a tier one running back, so to give you an example, let's say I had three tier one running backs and three tier one receivers. Even if the first two of my tier one running backs were off the board, I would still take the third tier one running back over the first in the first tier of receivers. And I would consider the top second tier running back over that first receiver, depending on the situation uh, and the just kind of, it depends on the context a little bit, but for sure I would. I would get rid of everybody in my first tier running backs before I shifted to the receivers because of this very reason that we've mentioned on this on the podcast several times. And this is exhibit a of why Javante Williams is splitting carries. We don't even know if he's going to be the man next year. And we're still the amount of equity being put into hope just because we're desperate for a young stud running back is insane. I mean, look at his value. It's uh, astronomical. He's the RB4. He's the RB4 in Dynasty. Yeah, and it's not without good reason, too. Like, he's had great performance. He's like, I think if you've watched him, you feel good about what he's capable of. Yeah, he's great. Um, it's just that it's it's wild how quickly he has ascended. You know, it's just like he he's jumped way up so fast. The retention, the value retention, and the the little a player needs to do from a from a score from a statistical perspective uh, is is awesome for like he may not even hit a thousand yards this season he may be a 
850, 900-yard running back with, and he has three rushing touchdowns, and he's a top-four dynasty running back. That's wild. But, I mean, people understand the reason behind why he won't get those numbers. You yes, know? So that's but we're, we're projecting. Like, th- like I said, you have to give a, a, a first on top of Waddle, which we're not projecting a Waddle. Waddle is already, a, a, I don't want to say a stud receiver, but he's as close to being it. a stud receiver as it, as it comes of not being called one. Like, he's already a wide receiver one in Dynasty. I think when you look at Jalen Waddle, he's 13th overall in scoring. And this, he might even be ha- higher, the, the league that I'm looking at. He's 13th overall for receivers in scoring. He's a stud. Yeah. He's and that's as, as a, a rookie. rookie. Yes. As a rookie. Um, and, you know, say what you say about Tua. Um, some people think that he's not good. Some people think he's good. Regardless, he's not playing with a stud quarterback either. And he's and he's the 13th overall receiver. So you're looking at a wide receiver one. You still have to pay that and a first. And you're doing that in hopes of Javante Williams being what you want him to be. Yeah. And it's because like everybody wants Jonathan Taylor before they become Jonathan Taylor. I think that's the reason yes. why. Yes. But this is exactly why you don't take a receiver, even if it is Jamar Chase. Yeah. Like Jamar Chase is having a historic season. Just like Justin Jefferson last year. Yep. Yeah. J- Jamar Chase is having a historic season. And I bet you. It doesn't cost that much more on top of Javante Williams to get Jamar Chase. That's true. So, and then you you still even want to like Najee? You could probably compare Najee to those values. Yeah, Najee Najee was uh, has a little bit more. I mean, in, he has a little bit more value than Javante Williams. He's a little bit lower than Jamar Chase. But once again, Najee and and Javante Williams. Javante is getting a lot of volume. He's not doing. They're kind of opposites. Williams is being efficient with lower volume and Najee's being a little bit less efficient with higher volume, but Najee's trajectory is going down a little bit and Williams is going up, but all of this is projected. Our people love the mystery box. Like there's something about humans and the unknown that gets us like gets our rods just stiff. Um, and it's a psychological thing that I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but something about it, just the two in the bush, there's something about, and this is what makes Dynasty so great because this hobby is all about the mystery box. Yeah, that's true. And if people love it. They gravitate towards it. Everybody's trying to It's one of the more that. fun and exciting pieces of playing the game. Yeah, it's trying to get the mystery box. Yep. Like when you were younger... And I guess you'd still be old because you're old, but you would. I know when I was younger, airheads. Oh, I was just going to say new. that. I was just going to give that analogy. <laughs> oh, really? And the mystery that. flavor, yeah. those box, the mystery flavor box. The white one, yeah. Would, would have less available in your stores than the other ones. Like people wanted the mystery box, the mystery flavor. Because you might get blue raspberry. You never know. But and why? You could, you could get, just get you could blue, just raspberry. Buy blue raspberry. It's there. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> But you might get blue raspberry. <laughs> yeah, you might. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I find it very fascinating. Um, but yeah, draft your rookie running backs in your first tier over your receivers, please. And I always have a hard time finding examples when we hit draft season and explaining this. So I'm saying this now. So then you can remember this later. I, I have it set as my ringtone already. So there you have it. Some bonus coverage from Izzy Elkafoss preparing you for your draft coming up in five months i don't know that's just a guess yeah probably five months so that's it that's what we got uh join us again next week i think we're probably going to be wrapping up the season very shortly here and then we'll be flipping the script and going into the off-season mode covering upcoming rookies and uh, just like some that was like your preview of draft strategy we'll be covering more topics like that coming up here so thank you guys for listening make sure you check out the website dynastytradecalculator.com and as always Bye. Last one on one pick. I'm bad, bad in the bone. They mad at the domain. Rather than know the anatomy. Know what value of roses. Dandy to know the magic. P-A-Z. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.